Rewind. We're a podcast that casts spells on movies that underperformed critically at the time of their release. If a movie cannot ascend the 60% bar that RottenTomatoes.com sets as its freshness guideline, we get to talk about it here on the podcast. I'm Courtney Peranto. Yeah, I'm Max Rue. I'm a very, I feel like I've been sick a few times while we've recorded. You, you have been. I don't know what's going on with me, but I took a COVID test and I forgot to check the results, but they're in the other room. I, don't, I feel like I, I don't it's weirder it's to be sick in LA too. Like we're like sick in hot weather feels a lot different. It sucks. It makes you feel like more strung out or something. You feel like Nicole Kidman at the end of Practical Magic. All my girls get together to, to help <laughs> bring me back to life. I can't believe it. We've reached the very end of this mini series with Gaslight. Yas. 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 The whole series has been a sleigh. But every sleigh must come to an end. To an end, yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. And and we're joined by by a first time guest, long time, long time listener, first time caller, Jeannie Honorell. Thank you for for coming on for the first time. Hey guys, thanks for having me. You're a big fan of one of these movies, maybe both of them. Yeah, Practical Magic. I have been obsessed with that since I was like sentient, pretty much. I had it like taped on VHS until my dad taped over it with a Schneid oh my God. concert. Wait, which concert? Shania Twain. Could be oh, worse. That's uh, interesting. It's like I almost mean, appropriate. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if you had to do it for one. If it was Faith Hill, it would have made more sense, I guess. It would have been perfect. Yeah. I feel like but, Practical Magic is like girl canon for our generation. Like everyone has seen this at a sleepover. There are still people that haven't seen it. Like I showed it to a friend of mine like two years ago who had never seen it. And I was like, wait a second. This is like 42% of my personality. Like we, <laughs> we have to watch this. But Forces of Nature, I also really like. I watched it on cable all the time because it was on cable all the time. That was big feature. cable vibes. Yeah. Was the marketing <laughs> yeah. push behind it crazy too? Because I like vividly remember the commercials. Either that or I was really excited for it. <laughs> well, yeah. We're, we're doing a little Sandra Bullock double feature, little late 90s. Uh, She's a rotten mommy if there ever was one. She gets I mean, on this podcast a lot. She has seen some play on this pod. They were released within like a few months of each other. Practical Magic, 1998. And then Forces of Nature was the beginning of 99. They both cost $75 million to make. Which is crazy. Wow. No one is spending that kind of money on these movies today if they even get made. I think originally we were going to just do Practical Magic. Mm -hmm. But then after I, after I rewatched Practical Magic for the first time in, I don't know, fucking 25 years, I was like, I feel like you have to pair this with Forces of Nature because they're both really unhinged and they both look incredible. Yeah, I got like an SOS text from Max like a couple days ago that was like, do you have time to watch Forces of Nature? <laughs> I just had watched it for the first time last year because I remember okay. like Nick texted me and he was like, have you ever seen Forces of Nature? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But I remember it. And he was like, he was like, it weirdly has like a trip hop soundtrack and it looks <laughs> like a trip hop video. And I was like, that's really it weird. Does. And so I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is literally like if Danny Boyle made like a rom-com or something like it. Well, has this it weird. reminded me of life or something like the life less ordinary life less ordinary yeah it yeah, reminded yeah, yeah. me a lot of that movie yeah it, 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 i think forces of nature is like a little more obscure even though i think forces of nature uh, well they both have iconic posters i guess True. the poster for really? forces of nature is really funny <laughs> She's, she's like leaning of, over him and he's just kind of like wincing and, and pulling back. It's like a very <laughs> classic like 90s rom-com poster. Forces of Nature though did surprisingly well. Obviously it wasn't like they made money you know, breaking records, but this it was the number one movie in America for two weeks in a row. I want to say you might have seen it in the theater. Practical Magic though didn't do very well. I think it, I knew that. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a disappointment that at shocks the time. Me. But they gave it like a Halloween-ish release. Which is like maybe stupid because like even though it is like about witches, it is not spooky, nor is it supposed to be. No, it's right. not spooky. And it's not like the craft. It doesn't even really dabble in horror. It's not even like witches. There's like maybe an exorcism, but like it's like weird and genreless because it's like not really a romance. And it's just sort of like a family drama, but the family happens to be witches. Like their family business is witch. Yeah. It's like if the Goodbye Earl music video was a motion picture yeah, you're but also they were witches wait yeah. which music video goodbye Earl. dixie chicks 
Oh, I don't think I know it. I'm sorry. It's sick. It's sick. Yeah, this movie has like a Dixie Chicks vibe to it. So Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's giving Dixie Chicks for it's sure. It's giving I, Dixie Chicks. <laughs> I didn't realize that Practical Magic was also, it was it's based on a book. I didn't know that. It, know it's that. giving big based on a book energy. Yeah, I guess it was like yeah. a hot commodity in the mid-90s. It came out in 95. Warner Brothers, I think, swooped in for the rights. And then like three different writers worked on it, which I think you can tell because I think it's maybe five, yeah. different, five different movies. I say that with love. It's There's a lot of movies within Practical Magic, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of like if yeah. you don't like me at your Selma, Thelma and Louise and you don't deserve me at my terms of endearment. This movie does not. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't yeah. know who she is yet. But that's like kind of part of its, I guess, pun intended charm. The Owen sisters are two beautiful witches. Hang on to your husbands, girls. With one wicked problem. She has the worst taste in men. Any man they fall for falls victim to a deadly curse. Any man who wins the heart of an Owens woman is bound to end up six feet under. And as hard as they try, oh my God! They can't keep their loves. I feel like I'm never gonna see you again. Alive. It was an accident. It was fate. It was the curse, wasn't it? Now, a detective. Is he cute? In a very penal code sort of way, yeah. Is looking for answers. Did you or your sister kill James Angelo? Oh, yeah. But the only kind of magic. You just look familiar. We never met before. I would remember if we had. That can break the evil spell. What would you do, Joey? What wouldn't I do for the right guy? Is the magic of two people. Magic isn't just spells and potions. Who discover the power. What I'm saying is, I'm a witch. You know, all relationships have problems. <laughs> of true love. Practical magic. Directed by Griffin Dunn. Yeah. Griffin Dunn. I mean, look, he's the star of one of my favorite movies of all time, After Hours. After Hours, yeah. He is the son of Dominic Dunn, I believe, right? Yeah, he's Dominic mm -hmm. Dunn's son. Joan Didion is his aunt. That's uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, he started out as an actor. He still acts. He still pops up in a lot of stuff. He's been in a million things. But in the 80s, I think, you know, yeah, he was known for American Werewolf in London. Where I think he's arguably the more interesting actor out yeah, of the two is, leads. Is, You're kind of is. like, oh, this guy should have been the lead. I don't know yeah. why he's the supporting one. Yeah, then After Hours. I don't know. After that, I don't think he's ever really like a leading man again. No, I don't think so. He, but he's never like gone away, gone away. Like you're always like, oh, Griffin Dunn's in this. Yeah. Yeah. This is his follow-up to a movie we covered last year on the podcast called Addicted to Love. Similarly unhinged. Oh, fuck. I loved Addicted <laughs> to Love. I probably like Addicted to Love more than this because it's like unhinged with like with italics and bold and all uppercase. But <laughs> Yeah. He did a Joan Didion biopic, um, I think for HBO a few years ago. That's apparently really good. I've never seen okay. it. Called The Center Will Not Hold. Interesting career. He ended up as the director of this movie. Three people wrote this movie. One of them being Akiva Goldsman, who's like one of the most probably richest screenwriters in the fucking world. He wrote Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Okay. And then he wrote a bunch of Ron Howard movies. And he wrote a Transformers movie. Like, I don't know how good of a writer he is, but he's a very rich writer. He's good at making money. Yeah. He is good. He's good at making money. And then they brought in Robin Swickard, who is kind of more of like a playwright. And maybe okay. she like did her own version of it. She also adapted Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Matilda. Oh, shit. Kind of makes sense. She was slain in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah, Practical Magic, man. Wow. What a strange movie. Yeah, the plot is very strange because the plot is basically Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman play sisters and they grow up in, the, it's supposed to be like an East Coast witch town where they're, I don't know, they're like kind of bullied for being witches because they come from like a long line of witches. The opening East scene, Coast witch town, yeah. Yeah, the opening scene is literally like some ancestor witch of theirs almost being hung. I mean, they were raised by two little witch biddies played by Stockard Channing and Diane Beast, which like that's, that rips, like that's, Really sick. Queens, yeah. And there's some curse put on all the women in the family that I think they both kind of believe in, but more Sandra Bullock's character, whose name is Sally here, um, that like if they fall in love with a dude like a lot, like a super lot, he dies. You love him too much. Yeah, she loved him too much. And so, you know, spoiler, this happens in the first 15. This movie is wild. She like falls in love with like, I don't know, this nice apple salesman. <laughs> 
<laughs> who never think, speaks. This man does yeah. not speak. And he's like almost hit by a bunch of bikes and then is immediately hit by a truck and dies. Yes. So she kind of like plummets into like grief. And then Nicole Kidman is like the wild one. You know what I mean? She, she, she wears more than two earrings, you know, like she's, she's got the, she's got the iconic nineties uh, purple sunglasses. I think we mentioned in our swordfish episode that Hugh Jackman's daughter in swordfish is dressed like Nicole Kidman in this movie, okay. which was really specific and weird. Nicole um, Kidman's costuming here is great. Yeah. And, and, and Sandra Bullock has two, oh, two yeah. daughters, one of which is played by Evan Rachel Wood. Did not know that was Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, really? Did not know that for half the movie until I looked it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very and then the young version of Sandra Bullock in the movie is played by Camilla Bell. Well cast. Yeah. Did look like her. Yeah. Evan Rachel Wood looks like she's supposed to be Sandra Bullock's daughter. I mean, Nicole Kidman's daughter. Nicole Kidman's daughter. I think that's supposed it's to be kind intentional. of intentional. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like repeats. I don't know. Yeah. But Nicole Kidman gets in all sorts of trouble. She's like kind of like the hoey one. And so she's like <laughs> the free spirit that's just out like doing witchcraft and like traveling and being a free spirit. And she falls for a guy that gets one of the craziest like introductions we've ever yes, seen. <laughs> Jimmy played by, um, I've never known how to pronounce this guy's name. Gorn Angelov? Vis- Gorn Vizhnik, I think is is how you Oh, is this a real actor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gorn Viznik. He's a Croatian actor. He's been around forever. Like, you know him. If you've he seen was him. in ER. Yeah, he's he's in Beginners. He has he a look. He's Christopher Plummer's boyfriend in Beginners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a 90s hunk. He, I for sure, has played a vampire in a movie at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, he looks like if Billy Crudup became a vampire. If Billy yes. Crudup is undead, you get Gorn yeah. Viznik or whatever the fuck he's, his name Yeah, he's in The Girl <laughs> with the Dragon Tattoo, the Fincher one. He's in The Counselor. I don't remember him in The Counselor. Oh, yeah, he's in the new Hellraiser. That's okay. what I just remember him from. He's like one of the villains in that. And he just plays like a piece of shit. Let me please read to everybody the Wikipedia character description. Originally from Bulgaria, he's an abusive alcoholic with a cowboy style who kidnaps his sisters and is killed by them in self-defense twice. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, totally, this movie is all over the place because at the point that... Sandra Bullock is like going to go help Nicole Kidman. It feels really severe. And like, it feels kind of like the scene in Thumb and Louise where they kill the guy and then are on the run. Yeah. But yeah. there's, it, like, there's a few different know. tones in the first like 30 minutes already. But I think I didn't, you know, listen, I saw this movie in theaters when I was a kid. Obviously, I wasn't fucking 10 years old thinking like, oh, wow, I understand the metaphor of this movie. Didn't realize this movie was about domestic abuse. Yeah. So, yeah, it took me being a grown adult to watch Practical Magic and realize, oh, yeah, this is like a metaphor for domestic violence. And a good one, actually. No, it's actually, it is good. Yeah. But then the way that they kill him, like, she poisons him, and then they bring him back to life, and then they immediately kill him again. And, like, that is funny. And I think that that joke, it just doesn't know what movie it is, and so you never really get to, like, bathe in how funny it can be. Because, like, the clip that I sent you, Max, like, when they're resurrecting him, and they use, like, cool whip to put on his uh, abs. When she does the whipped cream thing, that's hilarious. That is so sick. Like, I'm like, this is so funny. This is so much funnier than, like, anything I've seen in a minute. Yeah, but tonally, it's all the fuck over the place. Because then you're pretty scared that they're going to get caught. And then it becomes, like, a movie almost, like, fucking unfaithful, where you, like, you know a hero has done something wrong, and you know where the body is buried, and that is very stressful. But then there's magic in this cop that seems pretty bad at his job. Yeah, like, he seems to know. The cop is played by Aiden Quinn from Desperately Seeking Susan. I'm sorry, he is much less hot than her previous dead Apple husband. It's true. He is, is but he has one blue and one green eye, which is what she always wanted. He's a cop that comes to investigate the missing, uh, abusive, alcoholic, Bulgarian cowboy. His (laughs) name is Gary. Yeah, he's from Tucson, Arizona. It's funny to make Aiden Quinn the most, like, Irish guy in the world be from, like, Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So he questioned, he basically is, like, questioning them and, like, very quickly is, like, you can tell he's, like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, these girls have something to do with this guy's disappearance, but also, like, kind of want to fuck her. Well, also what we realize once like the cop gets there and he's looking for this guy that we know is dead is that like this guy has been killing people. And so now we're kind of like, eh, who cares if they killed him? Like like yeah. the, the the weird logic that it puts you in is like very childlike where you're like, oh, that's fine now. But it's like, well, no, you're still like murderers. And also just go to the cops and they could probably be like, oh, yeah, we've been wanting this guy for murder. Sick. Right. Her whole thing is like. 
we can't go to the cops because I've been slowly poisoning him with belladonna. But it's like, I feel like if you just were like, yeah, I was giving him a sleep aid, that it would be fine. Just yeah, the cops aren't going to be like, cops. she's a witch. I yeah, exactly. Belladonna is, Classic probably. witch murder. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, Gene, like, wh- what about this movie has always kind of like stuck with you and made it, I guess, 42% mm. of your personality? Mm, okay. I mean, every part of it just rewired the chemistry of my brain. It's like visually stunning to me. Also, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman visually stunning to me. They look really. They look good. great here. They look amazing. Like I don't know two people who have potentially looked better. Um, I have sisters, and so love a good movie about sisters. We have never murdered anyone together. You will, but never yeah. say never. Definitely. The day is yeah. young. We just haven't yet. Me and my brother have murdered always... someone, but it's okay. <laughs> We're living with it. They'll never find out unless they want to subscribe to our podcast on Patreon. So, do you right. feel like the right. sisters? Um, and maybe, and like, maybe it's because, like, I guess, like, to jump ahead, that Nicole Kidman becomes like possessed by the Bulgarian guy. Do you think that the sisters have like sexual chemistry though? Because I think that they do. I, I that... feel like that happens when the possession happens because he like he's like i'm feeling very into sisters like that whole yeah thing yes. like i think it's supposed to be him having yeah no i know i think the way they nicole kidman do. yeah the way nicole kidman plays that character she kind of has chemistry with everyone everybody yeah i feel like this is like top five like just like how good nicole kidman has looked on screen yep it, she looks really though he looks really it's good it's insane I watched this when I was younger and I just was like, I want to be them when I grow up. I don't know which one. Yeah. It depends on the day, but like just amazing. Sandra, Sally or whatever, Santa Bullock's character still has like a cute little like apothecary store. Like that seems sick. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering how they're making money there because everyone in the town though is like, we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> everyone in the town Who's kind of hates there? them, but like kind of not. And utilizes their services though. Like, even yeah. in the early scene of, like, that lady that was like, why do you think I would come here? But she's coming to, like, get a love spell cast on the most regular guy you have I ever know. seen in your entire yeah. life, by the way. And she yeah. stabs a bird through the heart for him. I'm like, yeah. you could go to a factory in your town and find literally any other guy, but whatever. But yeah. I think you're yeah, right. That's so- how the family secretly earns money, is that, like, people on the DL go to them. It's like... yeah. They kind of spitefully support them. But then, you know, it's it's kind of cool how, like, in the end, though, like, all the women, like, that you've kind of seen in the town, like, the other parents that have been... Oh, that's a great scene. ...come together to help her. You got to help the ladies when they're being abused. It doesn't matter. You also, have to totally put your, put your all over the place, aside. though. Yes. Because, like, that scene, right. in some ways, is the most cathartic scene because, yeah, like, what you were saying, it is just a scene where there are, like, 12 women. And I also think it's important to say, like, 12 women, besides, like, a few of them, like over 40 you know like 12 like middle-aged women like in a room together that are like unsexualized like it really is just about like right. helping and yeah and then immediately it's like nicole kidman's and it gets really severe because nicole kidman basically looks like she's like strung out yeah also one of those women is margo martindale i know mm. is that one of her first things i thought you were gonna say is that really margo martindale though no no <laughs> okay but is, is that, that one really of her first her? things do you think i doubt it i think margo martindale's been around she's fucking, been cranking. she's just always been working man yeah i think it's just it took her i mean like she's a yeah let's see she's a theater actor so yeah i mean she her first movie ironically was days of thunder um with nicole kidman mm. but yeah she did a bunch of theater in the 80s blonde and, lady is that um nancy from sid and nancy with gary oldman oh i don't know oh okay. yeah oh, it okay. is her yes good yes, one she's nancy from sid and nancy you're right i didn't even place that she has specific facial features to me. The 90s was a big decade for witch. Witch uh, shit, yeah. The 90s were witchy. Yeah, but this you, is like out of all the witch cultural art- artifacts, this has to be one of the most wholesome. Yeah. It started in the early beginning of the 90s with a movie that, that terrified me as a child. What? Um, Nicholas Rogue's The Witches. Oh, oh my God. You know what? I read that book. It out of me. Yeah, it's scary. I read that book to my nephew. I was like, whatever, it's Rodol. It is scary yeah i mean i guess yeah. that's what happens when nicholas rogue adapts a, a children's novel you're like oh my god the novel itself is pretty scary the makeup no i know yeah especially because i think when i was a kid i i didn't fully grasp what it was because i think i remember seeing it in like just glimpses and just mm-hmm. seeing the kids turn into rats 
And yeah. then also because Angelica Houston kind of reminded me of my mom. So I was like, oh no. Mm. <laughs> so it was really, it was really traumatic at, at the time. Do you remember how Anne Hathaway was like briefly, like not canceled, but like in the new witches, they said it was like um ableist because of the way that like her hands were designed. But I think it was no, I remember I think I missed this one. Oh god, <laughs> it was one that I was like, do we we were I don't know. I'm not going to go on record for feeling away. Actually, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the mid '90s, you get like the Crucible, a movie I never saw. I think Corny, you said it's very sucks. Bad. Yeah. Very the, bad. Guess what? Yeah. The book sex too. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Day Lewis, Winona Ryder, Oscar bait. Yeah. Flop. One of Winona's worst performances, if you ask me. She. Yeah. She sounds miscast. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus is probably the closest oh, yeah. in proximity. Actually, maybe that's pretty wholesome. I, I don't really remember it. I know I saw it as a kid. but Me I, I either. Don't, I, I don't, don't really remember. remember it. You get Charmed. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't Charm come I'm after sure. this? Charm is the same year as this, actually. I think it, okay. it must have debuted around the exact same time this movie came out. Charmed rips. Charm yeah. was on for a long time. Charm was on for Love a long Charmed. time. And I, I, I was like a, an original Charmed girly. Like, I watched that show like the first episode of that show. So I kind of, I am, um, I'm pro Shannon Doherty. I, li- I like, I understand that Rose McGowan has her place, but like once Shannon Doherty's character is gone, I'm kind of over the show. I believe her name was Prue. Yeah. So the, the whole thing I'm, is that they, she dies and then. Yeah. Cause I think okay. that Shannon Doherty, you know, you know, a lovely person, I'm sure. I think that her and Alyssa Milano did not get along. Mm-hmm. And I think that, she went to producers and was like, it's her or me. And I think that they chose Alyssa Milano instead. That's I like, that's the supporter lore. also. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then I found like they, so they really brutally kill her off. Yeah. It was rough. It was rough. rough. So, and then like the way that they just slide Rose McGowan in, like to no fault of her own, like she took a job. Right. But the way they do just like slid her in, I always like that left a bad taste in my mouth. So I was like, I'm good. Holly Marie Combs was like, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, she's just jealous. She looks <laughs> great still. I never really, I remember Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the Melissa Jones oh, yeah. series. That was like a yeah. WB oh, show. Oh, it was right? like Nickelodeon WB or something like that. Yeah. The Craft, one of the, um, our early Love. movies that we covered. I, I think Practical Magic and The Craft seem to have the biggest like cult following though. Yeah. Those two movies are like sleepover movies, right? So like it's the movies that you watch when like you want to play lead as a feather, stiff as a board, you know? So Mm -hmm. it like goes Mm -hmm. along with almost like the vibe check of a sleepover. The needle drops are deranged. I've had this kiss kiss stuck in my head for a week and I hate it. I'm not going to lie at this point. Because it also comes in at the weirdest point and then like repeats and then goes to the court. I don't know when... Choices are weird. I guess Stevie Nicks like produced the soundtrack. Or, did, yeah, or, that's fine. The soundtrack that makes is sense. Fine. It should have just but been did, a whole Stevie she, Nicks soundtrack, though. But like, it did she produce been, when he hits play? It should have just been a whole Stevie Nicks and Joni Mitchell soundtrack. It also has that late '90s kind of like fem rock, like Faith, like yeah, Faith Hill, Shania yeah. Twain kind of vibe. And then it randomly also will have like it has a Nick Drake song. It has Marvin Gaye, and then it has an incredibly specific. 90s band called Brand Van 3000. Now, I don't know if you guys remember Brand Van 3000. Obviously, no. Brand Van 3000 is a band (laughs) that I had not thought about in a really long time. And then a restaurant I worked in, they would just play like kind of random pop music and shit. And this 90s song from Brand Van 3000 was on the playlist. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't heard this song since I was a kid. I just remember it being like a child listening to like Kiss FM or like Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck it was. And then I went to go see After Sun and Brand Van 3000, that song is in the movie. Oh, really? And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it's used very specifically in the movie. It's like kind of diegetic, but you will know the song when you hear it. The This Kiss Needle Drop, I love. I'm so sorry. I loved it oh, so bad when I was a kid that I had to be hit I love I'm pretty song. sure of that song. I love that I, song. I that song is beautifully done, but also it is jarring. <laughs> that song like lyrically if you like look at the lyrics, they're all over the place <laughs> because she's kind of talking about like something that's kind of happening right now. The lyrics are so breathless and fun. I think that song is a masterpiece. Like Sandra Bullock is listening to this kiss when she like drives around in a car on a good day, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has the yeah. same energy energy of like the Paula Cole song in Dawson's Creek. It just makes sense. Yeah. It's just you associate so it with true. that that yeah. vibe and that like autumn 
look. Mm-hmm. Apparently, East there was Coast a huge, shit. yeah, like there was a big last minute change <laughs> where this composer Michael Nyman did the score for the movie. He, I think, was known for doing very. Apparently, he's like a really brilliant composer. He did the score for the piano, worked with like Jane Campion and Peter Greenway a lot. He did the score for it. And last minute, the studio was like, this is too dark. So I think that makes sense because, yeah, like literally, I think weeks before the movie came out, they brought in Alan Silvestri, who's just like a fucking he's done a million scores. They brought him in. He quickly does a score that feels like a 90s rom-com, like wacky score. Yeah, it's super out of place. I'll take it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Because, like, now, like, who would be the two big female stars in this? And, like, what would that look like? You know what I mean? Like. Kristen Stewart. I don't think it'd be Kristen Stewart. You don't think so? Maybe. I actually, you know, I don't, whatever that that Christmas romantic comedy she did. No, she's good. I'm not saying she's that really she's really good not at it. Good. She's good at comedy. No, she is good at comedy. And I look forward to whatever she does. Oh, forever. it would probably just be Margot Robbie because that's who they are. I know put in fucking put in everything. everything. Yeah. So Margot Margo Robbie yeah. would be Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman. Yeah. in like a kooky Babylon mode. And like who would Sandra Bullock be? And she don't would say have her Sandra East Bullock. Coast accent. It probably would have been Anne Hathaway, mm. but okay. maybe not yeah. anymore. Yeah, I don't know about anymore. Mm. Like, you know, it would be so boring if it was like Anna Tan- Taylor Joy and someone. And that's I was who just it would thinking be. about her. And I just wouldn't give a shit. And it would be bad, like that Soho movie. This movie, when it's stupid, it's like funny, stupid. It's like these bitches don't know how to bury a body very well. And this guy, <laughs> this dumb pig is like, don't tell me that you murdered someone and I am going to let you get away with it. <laughs> Good God. He just lets her get away with it. <laughs> uh, he seems like he was a pretty bad guy. He sends her a letter that's basically like, I let you get away with it. It yeah. seems like he died naturally, even though, what, they just found dust of him? I don't know. Because it made it seems like they like produced some sort of like forensic report. But remember, these bitches killed him once with poison, brought him back to life, then bonked him on the head so hard he died again, (laughs) and then brought him kind of back to life on accident. And then he turned to dust. So I don't know how any, I just don't, I'm like, what, he he exploded? I could kind of see Florence Pugh being one of the women in her. Okay, actually, that would be good. Yeah, I think she could play either one of them, actually. Yeah, she could. I can think of a lot of actresses for the Nicole Kidman part. I can't really think of as, there's not really like a Sandra Bullock type. I can. Alison Brie would want it, but not quite. I was going to say Alison Brie would mm. want it, but she. She's like a little too type A. She's like a little too cloying. Riley Keough. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Riley Keough would be fun. She has that like, w- like woo-woo energy. Yeah, we don't really have like a Sandra Bullock right now. No, because Sandra Bullock is so hot, but she's always cast like this. Like this movie, she's cast as like, she's normal looking. And it's like, no, she's not. But she actually, for being just like a solid 14 hottie smoke show, she can play normal really well. She plays normal and speed really well. She's like one of the, and I just don't think that that many other people can do that. Yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone else, like it feels like they're gloating even if they're trying to play normal. They would just get Ana de Armas. I can land a man in this town. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently Ghosted, I wanted to bring this up. Oh, I've heard it's one of the worst movies ever made. I know. I kind of want to do it. Like, I've heard some clips from it that I'm really close to being like, but can we watch Ghosted? It seems like an emergency. It seems like we need to break the glass, like the, the rotten rewind I was, glass with an axe in it and see Ghosted. It seems I, I think like do. an emergency. I was told to watch it. Were they it in the same, same room at any yeah. point while filming it yeah i don't know definitely not when taking pictures of the poster that poster (laughs) makes the forces of nature poster looks like it should be fucking hanging in the goddamn net (laughs) i mean yeah some of the um yeah i've heard about some of the needle drops in it like i guess during a car chase they play uptown funk and my sharona just like what what (laughs) (laughs) a personal gripe of mine is when you're making a movie that costs that much get a wig that oh she looks bad decent like the wig is just it's party city and i know that there's like more important things going on in the world and even in like in movies like like, we need to talk about the wig and go sit no fuck that you can get pretty decent wigs off of amazon for like 120 dollars like i can't imagine their budget why does she need a wig then like why can't they do her hair i don't 
I don't right. understand that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand why I don't she, think she has to, have have to film Ghosted. Yeah, she doesn't have to have a special haircut <laughs> for Ghosted. I think she can. Right. You know, like, oh, we have to do this. Rotten Tomatoes, tomato meter, 29%. Audience scores, 61%. Also, Chris Evans is cast as a, like. As like a normie guy. He's a farmer and he can't find love. All these girls keep rejecting him. And it's like, and like who is casting these scene, movies? There's apparently there's one scene where he's like having to like run, you know, and he like can't run up the stairs because he's so out of shape. And it's like, no, you're not. No, no. <laughs> there's something about yeah. the 80s, like the the Netflix and and Apple TV like big budget action comedy like that looks something. like really they look especially like red sinister. notice. Yeah, movies that don't exist. Is there anything else we want to add with uh, with Practical Magic right now? I have one note that I did not bring up at the beginning of the movie. Their two sisters take a blood oath where they cut each other. And they, they're like, now we're family. And I'm like, but you are family. Like, you don't need to take the blood oath when you're <laughs> no, fucking really sisters, family. you fucking idiots. Like, I was thinking the same thing when I rewatched it, like, before we like, did this. I was wrong. like... Don't you guys like share DNA already? Like a lot yeah. of like your so, sisters. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they're just stupid little girls. <laughs> but I was like, no, I call bullshit on this unnecessary. That's it. Love at the end when they all jump off the roof. And the fun. town is just applauding. Yeah. Yes. The town's like, we love you now. <laughs> yes. That part before he goes back to Arizona when he's like, I wish for you too. That gets that gets me every time, y'all. Oh, really? Um, it really does. I'm so embarrassed to say it, but like, it's wait, which cute. line? I think it's so cute. She's like, "You don't actually love me. I just cast a spell when I was nine or whatever, so it's not real." And I also will always think that you like she manipulated um, him into it. Is her feeling? Yeah, and then he is like, "Okay, yeah, well, we'll just do what we do and see where we end up." But. I wished for you too. And then she cries and then I cry and then we all cry. <laughs> oh. And then he it's sends so her a letter beautiful. that's like, I got you off murder, baby. <laughs> yeah. Love and I have to movie. be with me now. I mean, like I tampered with evidence. I mean, my job is on the line. <laughs> Your life is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also the um, scene of Nicole Kidman singing to Joni Mitchell in the car was oh, yeah. my first, like the first time I ever heard Joni Mitchell when I was a kid. Uh. Life changing. <laughs> You're in my blood like holy wine It tastes so bitter and so sweet Oh, I could drink a case of you, darling And I would still be on my feet Oh, I would still be on That is so No way. 73% audience score. Rita Kempley of the Washington Post said, Director Griffin Dunn lacks a clear vision, torn between Blythe Spirits and Brimstone, between Madcap and Macabre. But then what does it matter when there's so little magic on screen anyhow? This is unless you count making audiences disappear. Keith Phipps of the AV Club said, It's flat, whimsy, VH1-ready musical montage sequences, and less than magic, magic realism will probably not be enough to hold the attention of all with the most undiscriminating fans of witches and Stockard Channing. Not Listen. Diane Weiss? Not Diane Weiss. First, Roger Ebert didn't give the movie a good review. He said the movie doesn't sure it doesn't seem sure uh, what tone to adopt, veering uncertainly from horror to laughs to romance. Mm. Sure. Just two fun reviews that you only get on Rotten Tomatoes. The first is Joe Blow. Joe Blow. I don't know if you remember the website joeblow.com. That was I one do of the first of. film websites I ever went on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a film blog. Joe Blow said, I've been waiting for a good witch movie for a while now, but hold on to your brooms and incantations because this puppy is far from being it. Uh, I love this one, though. (laughs) This man, Jeffrey M. Anderson at Combustible Celluloid said, not a great movie and not even a particularly good one, but it was my 30th birthday movie and I saw it with my wife (laughs) in Manhattan, so it will always be kind of special. Oh, (laughs) thank you. I love that that review gets put on Rotten Tomatoes. This Cute. I hope they're doing good. But a, a positive review that was written recently in a retrospective mm. piece, Zofia Wojowska at the Film Nerdette said, as the title indicates, practical magic is packed with titular magic, but not only it contains an empowering narr- narrative, highlights the importance of sisterhood and discusses how difficult it is to walk away from domestic abuse. Yeah. Okay. MVP? I don't know. It's hard because it's kind of a two-hander. Mm-hmm. I think Sandy for me. Sandy? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Soccer Channing. Yeah. Soccer Channing. It's like okay. a role that's made for her. Yeah. She is great. I forgot how great Stocker Channing was. She's very good in it. 
I'm gonna go Kidman, man. I think Kidman. I thought so. Yeah. Fucking dope. I think she has. A, that's a tricky part to play, and I think she just brings yeah. a lot to it. I think she's really fun. Yeah, it's just like Sandra has to be like the more tethered one, and so yeah, that's why. I picked. Yeah, so I'm like, eh. This was the only movie that Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman did together, right? That's what I was trying to remember too. I think so. Because I feel like. Like, I'm like, I think more shit together. I feel like they still should. Like, they're still like super active. If we're sort of like green lighting some rom com adjacent things now, like, I don't see why why they can be in something. Who, what just got announced? Like, somebody and somebody are going to be in something together. Somebody and something. That's right. Somebody and somebody. They're doing Mm -hmm. it finally. It's like Julia Roberts and somebody. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't know. I just watched Sleeping with the Enemy for the first time. Oh, that's another uh, domestic abuse (laughs) movie. Yeah, that guy is evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've worked together again. Man, I forgot about all these 90s, like, kind of random Sandra Bullock movies, like uh, Two If By Sea with Dennis Leary. Oh, I forgot about Hope Floats. Hope floats. Wait, 28 days. 28 days Love is the, that yeah, movie. Two weeks notice. I I remember. Oh, two weeks notice rips. All right. Final rating? I mean, it just is a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go bigger, Gene? You can go bigger. We won't. We won't. There's no judgment here. I fully say misunderstood masterpiece. Yeah. There you go. See, I knew it. See? Yeah. I had a feeling. You got to go with your feeling. heart. Always go with yeah. your heart here. You got to go with the Capone in your heart. You I knew know? it. I was like, you're going to bring up that fart fest. Yeah, you know, <laughs> all of the on. reviews made me feel like protected. I don't make movies because I was like, yeah, I guess it really doesn't know what it wants to be tonally. But like all three movies that were going on, I had a good time. So. Yeah, <laughs> we like you. <laughs> we like you. Yeah, I was like, no, I, I like a messy. I like a messy bitch. Um, I kind of review movies like that one guy that was on a date with his wife. Like I'm like, I personally had fun. So I think it was great. <laughs> this reminds me of my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this movie, but I like my wife. What other Bullock movies have we done on the podcast? We did Miss Congeniality. We did The Net, The Lake House. Yeah, yeah I mean, we haven't done Cruise Control yet. That movie is a 4%. Not surprising. We gotta do it someday. It'll be funny. It'll do. We Listen, can do. I would watch it again for Willem. Come for, on. Oh, yeah. Have you seen uh, The Vanishing remake with her and Jeff Bridges? I have. Horrible. It's so bad. Horrible. I can't believe it's the same director as the original. I know. It's so bad. It's so bad. Hope Floats has a 27%. 28 Days has a 33%. I mean, she was on a roll there. Murder by Numbers, 30%. I like Murder by Numbers. Murder by Numbers is like a just solid TNT afternoon movie. They met by accident. No car. You should have called as soon as you got off the plane. Why didn't I think of that when I was unconscious and bleeding from the head? No cash. You're saying we just go in and strip dance? I'm not interested. How much for you to dance? Excuse me? No fear. (laughs) Sandra Bullock, Ben Affleck. I haven't known you that long, but I think something may be wrong with you. Forces of Nature. Rated PG-13 in the theaters March 19th. Forces of Nature. I bet everyone remembers this movie. I bet. Some people have seen this movie that listen, and everyone remembers. You have a lot of faith in people. I mean, I guess maybe they remember. I I feel like this is like a big, I think that this movie, this era of Ben Affleck, is sort of what made him like the most like hated dude in Hollywood for a second. You know, like (laughs) punchable. Like like, people were just sick of him. Like he was oversaturated. They're like, fuck this fucking dick. And I think that Forces of Nature, like I think that it was like one of the ones that was like, it tipped, it tipped people. Yeah. Okay. Let's go get this out of the way. Is Ben Affleck miscast in this movie? Yeah, I think that it should be sort of more of an ordinary guy. That's actually why I was going to wait to bring up Ghosted, though I haven't, though we haven't seen it yet. We are going to see it. I don't think it's that bad to the point where it's. I don't think it's that bad. I was going to say, but whatever we're working with now seems like it's much better. Because at that time, even if you were like a handsome and shaped guy, you still weren't what like Chris Evans looks like today. Yeah. Post Oscar win. Affleck. Damon seems steady. He kind of knows his place. Mm-hmm. He's also more of a, he look, does. Damon's a better he does actor. Know we know that. It's okay. Yeah. Affleck knows that. <laughs> yeah. He's just a better actor. <laughs> He's more of an everyman. He can slip. But I also think parts. that the difference between their careers post Oscar win too is that like Damon was more comfortable kind of working in an ensemble cast for a little bit like he's like in Ocean's Eleven and stuff like that and I think that we just right. crammed Ben Affleck in a bunch of like big leaning man roles like Armageddon in this. And people were just like, we're sick of you, buddy. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who was supposed to play Damon's part in Ocean's Eleven? Who Could I just I? found out the other day. It was Mark Wahlberg. 
Oh, oh. that would have been. Can you even annoying. imagine that? I hate that. No, that guy is like too dumb to be. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I pulled a fast one. On that would have been so weird. But yeah, after the Oscar win, he does. Uh, he obviously he's Arm- Armageddon's his first big Hollywood movie. That's when he gets his veneers. I'm wondering if this movie was shot before that because it doesn't look like he has the veneers in this. No, it doesn't. He still kind of looks. When, when's team. Reindeer Games? Reindeer Games is 2000. Okay. He does Shakespeare in Love. So he wins an Oscar, and then the next year a movie he's in wins, wins an Best Oscar. Picture. 200 Cigarettes, we talked about. He has Ugh. a small part in. I know. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's one of the better parts of that movie. I just. He did a movie that we all love called Phantoms. Affleck is definitely the bomb in Phantoms. We all know true. that. It really is true. Affleck is the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> I haven't seen Phantoms since I was a kid, but I watched it a lot when I was a kid. It's him and Rose McGowan and uh, Liev Schreiber. Okay, um, never seen it. It's probably run. It has to be. Right after this, yeah, he does Forces of Nature. He reteams with Kevin Smith for Dogma. Essentially, he does Baldwin and Glengarry Glen Ross in Boiler Room. He's great in it. I've never seen Bounce, his other. Oh, I've seen rom-com. Bounce. So I was going to say that, that was the one I was trying. That's Gwen Paltrow and him, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen Bounce. I get the I get Bounce in this confused. I don't think I've, I've seen Bounce. Yeah, Bounce was the year after this. I've never seen it. Nick's dad is in it. And apparently Affleck saw Nick's dad walking on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City a few years ago and like knew his name and like went up to him and was like, hey, it's good to see you. Oh, speaks great Spanish, too. He does speak. I love watching him speak Spanish. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, y pero también uh, tenía que tener, tenía que dar Michael Jordan mi repeto. Yeah, he obviously, it all kind of culminates with Gigli. He yeah. hits rock bottom there. Actually, considering his personal life, that's not his rock bottom. Like, True. Well, yeah. Career-wise, <laughs> career that's his rock bottom. Pearl Harbor obviously was like a hit. Changing Lanes is like a perfectly solid movie. Oh, yeah. They put him in the Jack Ryan part in Some of All Fears. Not a good movie. He plays Daredevil doesn't fucking oh yeah paycheck the john woo movie i've heard is not bad never seen it but jiggly and surviving christmas is kind of the one-two punch where it's like hey man yeah i think you're done yeah Um, (laughs) and then he makes a huge comeback he is the man he is today this guy has nine lives he he does you can't keep him down gene you like affleck right i yeah i like didn't ever consider myself a ben affleck liker like obviously he was like good in hunting love armageddon but and dogma he's he's great in but like he never really did it for me but then like his post comeback affleck i'm like i think i love you like i think you're great and obviously phantoms as well but yeah obviously like, phantoms <laughs> we all know <laughs> phantoms is great <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah once like gone girl happened yeah. i was like once he started like leaning into his own mythology kind of and being like yeah i don't know i guess i kind of fucking suck and like the last <laughs> duel was he's incredible in the last duel they keep he's playing so his batman at my gym though and it is not does not look oh great. yeah no, i've seen batman versus superman and says it's not great it's like he's just so ben affleck <laughs> yeah i have only seen that once i was working at movie tavern at the time so i got to see free movies and mm. i wasn't one of the people that felt strongly about the affleck batman to be like mad at it but i just was like this right. is not very good he's he's great in air his latest he's really good in it it's well directed i haven't seen that yet me either Solid, good crowd pleaser. He's great in The Way Back. Like, obviously, a very personal part for him. Right. He's good. I think he's good in Deep Water. I don't really like that movie, but. Oh, he's great in Deep Water. Actually, that that movie sucks, and I kind of stand it. (laughs) But anytime him and Damon get back together, like The Last Duel or Air, there's just, there's that magic that kind of comes back. They just, they're they're so great together. But Forces of Nature is him kind of doing his first, can I be a romantic comedy lead? And I think the answer is a resounding probably mm, not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but probably not. Probably like, not. <laughs> I, I think he could do it today. I think if he tried today again, I think he would have enough self-awareness to make it work. Yeah. yeah. And I think his smugness works more once he's older. Yes. I think 
when he's young, like even in Armageddon, he can just seem like a prick sometimes. But yes. what makes that what makes it good is that he's supposed to and ben, and there's Bruce Willis like calling that yeah. out. In this movie, like he's just supposed to be the shit, kind of. Right. But he's just like just a little blurb copywriter. So it's like, are you like I don't know who this should have been? Maybe like a John Cusack movie or something. Type A guy. Like I just really didn't. Yeah, I'm like, wow. no, yeah. okay. The, the, it's like it's fucking fantasy at the point where he's at his own bachelor party and he closes his eyes for strippers. I was like, <laughs> right. Ben Affleck would never. Sure. That guy. Yeah. That face. Like you. That just makes me think yeah. of his uh, his cameo in Jay and Silent Bob's back where he plays himself. Sorry to interrupt, sirs, but we've got a 10.07 on our heads. Oh, Jesus, again, Ben? No bullshit, because I wasn't with a hooker today. Ha ha! He looks like a guy in your fraternity that cased somebody really badly. Oh, yeah. Just, he has mm-hmm. that vibe. He, he looks like he's from Boston. He does a squint thing, too, when he's in, like, a romance in this period that's, like, it's yeah. creepy. <laughs> we should say, after all this, though, quick plot rundown for Forces oh, yeah. of Nature is that, yeah, it's basically planes, trains, and automobiles redone as a rock. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was even developed, maybe. Loosely, I think you're right. As a remake of planes, trains, and automobiles. But Ben Affleck is the Steve Martin part and Sandra Bullock is the John Candy part, as expected. <laughs> it's basically like an early Manic Pixie Girl movie where, and kind of, I actually think her character kind is of, pretty you know well what? defined. Me too. Like, I, I was going to yeah. say, this is like one of the movies, like, I think that she's kind of an ideal Manic Pixie. And like, that's, again, like why I want to go back to talking about Sandra's range is because like, she's like such a smoke show, but like can play normal. Like she doesn't like the heat or the last movie we talked about right. or the lake house. And she can be a movie like this and just be like a level five smoke show. That's like kooky and weird and you buy it. It doesn't feel like a put on. It doesn't feel like a De Chanel performance. Yeah. It's not yeah. annoying or cloying or over the top. The scene no. where she's like screaming on top of the train should be stupid. But one, her outfit rips. And yeah. I was like, get me that. And thirdly, it's believable. She's believable. You know and what? Again, Actually, Jennifer Lawrence probably is the closest we have to a Sandra Bullock in a way because yeah. I'm just like the guys, you know, and I, I would I, say, yeah, yeah a little bit Emma Stone in the way that she can just, and like, I just rewatched Easy A, so I, right. I love that movie yeah. and I love her performance in that movie. Yeah. But I think that like that era of Emma Stone, like I don't, I know she's just like Cruella forever now, but I do think that like she has something <laughs> that just does feel really like at home. Yeah, she just feels like she's being herself. And I'm sure that's bullshit, but it works on me. I guess this character is kind of closest to almost like Jennifer Lawrence and Silver Linings, except without the mental illness aspect. But I think she plays it more and those characters feel more aligned than like another like Manic Pixie girl. I guess there's a whole the Manic Pixie sub genre would be like Manic Pixie mentally ill girl. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not like. Well, because I think like I'm highly medicated. All about Steve. I actually am. Yeah. (laughs) I think in All About Steve, she is autistic. What? There's something. Oh, I thought that's she like, was just quirky, but I guess that there's a, that's a fine line to skirt in Hollywood rom coms. I think that it's really bad. Like I think it like doesn't age well. I think that Gili is its closest cousin, so we should do that. Also, Sandra, love you. I've called you hot several times, but like, don't be a blonde. It's not. It's not good. But yeah, this movie is basically about Ben Affleck. He's getting married. He is flying to Savannah for a very savannah wedding uh probably on a slave plantation i was gonna say probably on a plantation definitely on a plantation where he's going to marry maura tierney an actress who was in a lot of 90s movies like this i knew her as the 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 wife in liar liar that's how i knew her. oh yeah Mm -hmm. she's on that show the affair right okay yeah i think you're right i think she is yeah yeah. good actress yeah good actress Like, never and like really to this got, movie's credit, yeah, her character isn't like some stupid annoying bitch. You know what I mean? No. Like, in no, every, she's genuinely just like, "Where's my husband?" <laughs> or "Where's my?" Yeah, fiance? they genuinely have like chemistry. They love each other. This movie could have, I think, fallen into like the manic pixie dream girl thing, hating my bitch fiance type thing. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> my stuff, bitch fiance. Like, like, your rom com. My bitch fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Giving it some credit, I think, where it's due, like, just certain parts where it could just, her, Sandra Bullock's character could be, like, just facilitating Ben Affleck's character, like, growth to find his way. Like, she has her own stuff going on, and I think it avoids making her just move his plot along, and, like, like you were saying, like, Mara Tierney's character is a fully-fledged, nice, likable person the whole time, like, and I like that. I like, yes, I think the movie's a little dated where it has to make 
Sandra Bullock's character have like the plot line, the subplot line where she has like a kid that she doesn't talk about and stuff. Like I think it needs to sort of like punish her a little bit or like a little rub her nose in it. And I wish they didn't yeah. need to do that because it doesn't really do that to anybody else. Like it just is like, well, it's it's kind of trying to have it both ways. But for the most part, I feel like yeah, it's. I mean, I get that. I guess I didn't really see it as I'm like rubbing her nose in it necessarily. It felt like it was more just if screenwriting device of like what what is this character's secret. Yeah. And then coming out with a secret where it's like, okay, she has a she has a son and she has a son with a guy who maybe is like a little more like stable than her right now. And that's the situation she's trying to get back to him. It feels like it's from a different movie for sure. Like that's a plot of, you know, fuck up young mom who has to like get her shit together. I don't know. That didn't bother me really. It just bothered me when like the shitty husband was like. The kid chose a dad, not her. Yeah, but I think that the movie knows. To me, the movie knows that that guy sucks because even Affleck's character is like, fuck that guy. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's fine. Like, he's not like taking the guy's side. But yeah, I mean, it's basically just like a road movie where they're trying to get to Savannah. And Ben Affleck has the ultimate boy bestie in this movie. His boy is played by... (laughs) Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Yeah. Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn is like the Joan Cusack of these movies <laughs> for dudes. Like, he really is. It's just like, get me Steve Zahn. Like, he he's rips. Great he's, he's great. He's so good. He's so fun here. Like, honestly, honestly, you know who could have played Ben Affleck's part? Steve Zahn. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he like, definitely is more... Steve Zahn's back- cute. He's a short king. I, I think there was a problem with... Hollywood sometimes has these issues with, like, especially, like, male leading men where they try so hard to fit them into certain parts that they just don't work for. There's not every, like, male actor like that can be a movie star but also be, like, well-suited for every single genre. And, like, I think they learned that with Franco where they were like, what do we do with you? Yeah. But it, then it was like, okay, and him and Affleck have the same thing where they feel like they're above the material. They're very open about it. They can't really. It's funnier when Affleck does it, it for some reason. It is. Well, because with Franco, he just goes into sleepy mode. And then Affleck goes into like smug <laughs> like, mode I, where he's yeah, just like, this is dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He's kind of winking. I don't yeah. actually think he thinks he's above it in this movie. I think he's genuinely trying. I think he's just. Mispassed. I think he's trying here. He has a couple moments that he lands, but it's just his physicality doesn't match the character necessarily. But yeah, I do want to talk about this director, Bronwyn Hughes. She did a few movies and then is mostly just done a lot of TV now. She's a Canadian director who did Harriet the Spy, Michelle Trachtenberg. Um, Another movie that's like also kind of weird for a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. She did a 2000s bank robbery movie that I randomly have seen called Standard with Thomas Jane. She's done a couple other like random movies, but mostly is doing TV. She directs directed for Better Call Saul, 13 Reasons Why. She's pretty prolific there, but the... First thing about this movie that stood out to me, yeah, was what it was kind of sold to me as, which is this movie looks really crazy. That, that clip that I sent you yesterday, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because I, I accidentally, I took a bath and I thought that I microdosed just before. I accidentally microdosed before and after I took the bath and not just <laughs> one. And so like, I was just like dosed and watching Forces <laughs> of Nature and like sending that clip to my boyfriend yeah. being like, tell me, is this clip weird? It's weird. Or does this look normal? It's the clip where they're running in the rain. And it looks like like an Aaliyah music video. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild looking movie. It's funny how many people I saw online, like on Letterboxd, that were like, this is one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. And I'm like, how could you possibly take that away from like maybe it's a it's it's experimental it's adventurous yeah. in style it's shot by elliot davis who shot out of sight which i was like oh that oh. makes sense okay for oh. sure this great dp this has to be one of the most experimental looking romantic comedies i think ever made yeah the scenes of them like i don't know where they are it's like a south of the border carnival type thing yeah it looks so cool it and her looks- costumes are also kind of in the nicole kidman and practical magic like kind of like kooky and i i love her costuming she gets a lot of clothes from that kmart that i think a lot of young like gen z girls would wear today yeah low rise like track pants with like a bucket hat and a tank top yeah so it not only like looks really fucking wild every scene has something visually just kind of stimulating or at least fucking interesting at the very least going on and then it's matched I think equally by the soundtrack, which yeah, is the like soundtrack is nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm I am a sucker for any like a trip hop soundtrack. Not that yeah, there's like are. a ton of those, but I like that shit. But yeah, it <laughs> has like the movie opens with a propeller head song. 
it has it faithless. I don't know if you remember faithless. I don't know any of this shit in my okay. head. I was like, Max is probably into this shit. <laughs> Max is probably into this weird. Do you remember shit. Tricky? Oh yeah, I remember Tricky. Yeah, Tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Tricky. You yeah, know I know Tricky that. Yeah, and Phantoms. Like- Everything about it feels like it's a going against the idea of what this would otherwise be. Because yeah, it's I think peculiar. even narratively, it undermines a lot of like conventional aspects of the the genre oh yeah mm-hmm. again like the white like so we keep flashing back to his fiance's character who you're right would be described as like my my bitch fiance um <laughs> and like she's perfectly nice and she's also having doubts and like a little bit of a dalliance with the guy who kind of looks like will forte but doesn't know it yet you need to come back to that guy and you you like have a lot of like you you feel empathy for both of them. It doesn't need to like spend too much time with her, but you're like, okay, right. she's not like a bad person. And it's I, also you know, a, tr- a testament to uh, more tyranny as an actress yeah. too. To give the ending away, I did expect him to. I thought that they were going to mutually decide that they should be with other people, and that's not what right. happened. They no. decide that they want to be together, and Sandra Bullock goes and plays with a six year old. When I was a kid, I hated that ending. And I forgot what the ending was, and I thought it was going to end like that. But as an adult, I was like, you know what? It seems like he should probably just be with Mark Tierney, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because they're not I'm sorry. They're not They're not good together. Like, she's chaotic. Yeah, yeah. and it's not even in a, like, oh, we balance each other out way. It's just like, no, no this would right. be like, like a fun weekend fling, and you're stuck together, so you're developing these feelings because you're questioning, yeah. like, well... I am going to be with this one feet. person. Yeah, it's it's a very yeah. normal feeling. She has kind of more tyranny, has a similar thing with this guy, An uh, ex. Steve. He's like a good old boy. So that actor, David Strickland, plays Steve. When I yeah. Googled this movie, that guy killed himself three days after this movie came out. Oh, what? What? So he was one of the main characters on that show. Suddenly Susan. Oh, Suddenly, suddenly Susan. Susan with Suddenly Burke Susan. Shields. He was one of the main actors on that. For Apparently real? he was struggling a lot with alcoholism at the time. And he was like doing court that week to talk to a judge about his ongoing like crack addiction that he was treating himself oh, for. He went to oh, Vegas, God. picked up a sex worker and brought her back to his hotel room. And she said he was just really sad the whole time she left. And then I guess later he killed himself. Oh, my God. He, like hung himself in a hotel room. It's really dark. Horrible. Yeah, not something I was expecting to to stumble to run upon. into. Yeah, Jesus, really sad. But oh my god, he was partying with Andy Dick the whole time. Oh, oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Well, he was great in the movie, and I loved his rendition of Against All Odds. That scene is so crazy. Like I was like, it lasts forever. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite things that I saw all week. This man acapelling a Harry <laughs> Wilson song to to this woman. It's there's this moment. Where she like he starts again and her eyebrows like raise. Yeah, just like a beautiful comic beat that I'm just like I love this. I'm having so much fun. But also like yeah, like the whole movie is basically every single like man or couple that Ben Affleck run it, runs into. Oh, yeah. Every guy is basically like you run. know like I fucking hate my wife. She's a dumb fucking bitch. <laughs> I uh, never fuck she, her and she's fat now. She that's doesn't like, suck my cock. Dude, the uh, guy that they sit with on the plane that's just is basically like I want to fuck you the whole time. The guy who's sexually like assaulting. Sandra I'm just like Bullock. Yeah. oh my yeah. god. Yeah, when he first sees Sandra Bullock coming on the plane, he's like, oh my god, look at that ass. Yeah, and then like, she sits in their aisle and then fucking it's really dark. But yeah, like. Every guy he encounters is like, yeah, I was married once. And then I freed myself from that fucking bitch. Um, (laughs) He's like, oh, my God. He even meets an old couple who he thinks are happily married. And then they're like, no, we're having an affair. Yeah. Because that's the only way to find happiness. Um, (laughs) Even his grandpa who, fun fact, because I checked this. Because I was like, is that? And it was. The guy that plays his grandfather is fake old Xander from the episode of Hell's Bells of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I can't believe you found that. <laughs> I was like, that looks like him. I don't want to be wrong, but Wow, you were him. super right. His grandfather, though, was like, have you ever felt her arms? I was like, okay, that's like, Look at you, old man. <laughs> yes. That bachelor <laughs> yeah. party is, that's the first thing you see in the movie, which kind of is like an indication of just like how visually weird this movie is going to be. Yeah. And also like the fact that the stripper at the bachelor party has like, oh, yeah. she's covered in balloons for him to pop. Yeah, you're supposed to pop the stripper's balloon. <laughs> <laughs> what it's insane yeah, i felt so play, high <laughs> yeah i mean if i took mushrooms and saw this movie i would be very confused i just sure. kept being like is this normal <laughs> it's probably what the studio said when they saw it. they were like what is this what did you do <laughs> this is like an early dreamworks movie too this is like when spielberg first started dreamworks like right after saving private ryan and shit 
Yeah, I don't know. I, this movie's so strange. I know it was kind of like a last minute addition to the episode, so I'm glad we got to to briefly oh, touch yeah. on it and and recommend it to I think our listeners. It is streaming. You should give Forces of Nature a shot. It is a wild. I had a blast. Wild yeah. movie. Great cinematography. Great costumes. Weird chemistry. Weird casting. But it's 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 fun, man. It's amazing because the things that you find so exotic and interesting right now are going to be the same things that you're going to hate me for in the end. Why am I hating you in this scenario? But Okay, trust me. A lot of stuff's happened really fast. You're just not registering it. It's registering, okay? I'm a gay dancer, and I'm proud. I'm a gay, gay strip dancer, and I love it. Register. Cha-ching! Okay. Change! <laughs> Password is denial, okay? You've known me two days. Two days. Now we're on our way down to go break up your marriage. That has nothing to do with you. I don't believe you. I don't either. This movie has a 45%, honestly, surprisingly high. I was going to say, considering Practical Magic, Magic, yeah. It's doubles Practical Magic almost? Yeah, that's crazy. That's just rude. And then it has a 34% audience score. Gina Fattori, Gina Fattori of the Chicago Reader said this is, gave it an F and said this is a monstrously offensive movie. (laughs) Rick Kogan of the Chicago Tribune said, if you are misguided or otherwise unfortunate enough to see forces of nature, you will find yourself the next day with but one image, one memory in your head, Sandra Bullock's teeth. I don't know what that means. I don't get it. (laughs) What? Not even Affleck's teeth. Sandra Bullock's teeth. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Nathan Rabin of the AV Club said, only succeeds sporadically, even if it's never quite the unwatchable monstrosity it so clearly could have been. And finally, Roger Ebert gave it a one-star review. He said, leads us down the garden path of romance only to abandon us by the compost heap of uplifting endings. And it's not even clever (laughs) enough to give us the right happy ending. It gives us the wrong happy ending. I disagree. I disagree. I think the ending is actually really great. Yeah. It's a really good ending. There was a lot of thought put into how to shoot that ending with the storm all around them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good ending. Sorry, Raj. MVP? Sandra. Sandy? Sandy, yeah. Sandy or the guy that plays Steve. Yeah. R.I.P. That was a beautiful, yeah, awesome piece. I'm going Bronwyn Hughes. I don't know. This is a fucking crazy looking movie. Yeah, it is a crazy (laughs) movie. Like, I don't don't know what another director does with this and if it even would be memorable. But the movie, I think, remains memorable because of whatever the fuck she was bringing to the table. That one part fully felt like an Aaliyah music video and I love Aaliyah's music videos, so. Yeah, even just her way of, like, shooting just coverage and close-ups was fucking crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Final rating? It's just pretty good. Like, watch it when it's streaming for free while you... I made gnocchis. I made nudies, but it's super pleasant. I think a lot of people would accuse it of being a train wreck, but I actually think it's very in control of a very, like, odd tone. Yeah, I do, yeah, too. Because it, it doesn't ever goal. veer into Gili, but it's never, like, too <laughs> no, sweet well, either. No, I don't think it's a train wreck. There's not no. a subplot with a mentally challenged man who they're bringing along for the ride. All right. A very tonally schizophrenic uh, Sandy Bullock double feature. Yeah, well, we rounded out our, our mini series with a little Ode to Sandra. A little, little Sandy. Woman that, the ultimate girl boss of the Yeah, 90s, I can't yeah. get enough of. Two, yeah, two. for sure. Her and Julia mm-hmm. were just running the 90s, you know? Yeah, but I like Julia Roberts, yeah. I guess. But, like, Sandra can do it all. Sandra can be in an action movie, you know? Like, Sandra can sell mm-hmm. me more things than Julia can sell me. No, that's true. And she's been consistent. All right. Well, if you want to watch Practical Magic, it's streaming on HBO Max or just Max, apparently. I'm really yeah, not. I'm <laughs> never going to get comfortable saying that. Me either. It's stupid. Streaming on Max. Forces of Nature is on Amazon Prime and Paramount+. Plus. Gene... Thank you so much. We're so yeah, excited to finally have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It was very fun. Yeah, please come back. Where can people find you online if you would like them to? I'm on Instagram at underscore underscore Venus and Furs. Perfect. Follow Jean. Thank you very much to our subscribers and a very special shout out to our top subscribers. We couldn't do this without any of you, but thank you to Royce Burke, Victoria Kruger, Andrea Ferris, ASR, Ben Beaky, Devin Hansen, Jean. Jean, it's you. Jean Yannarell. Hello. Britton Chance, Constant Carino, Graham Redmond, Jeff Raposh, Neil Fuller, Matthew Hayes, Brittany Barker, Rodi Anderson, Iro Sanyo, Eric Hockman, J.D. Yankowski, Carrie Owens, Madeline Dugan, Mary Caitlin Koski, Nick Laskin, and Ryan Oliver. Thank you so much. You guys are great. We'll be uh, posting soon about our brand new miniseries kicking off next month. I think we might need to watch Ghosted. (laughs) 
Courtney thinks we need to watch Ghosted. Maybe <laughs> think, we'll do a special live watch episode of Ghosted. Ghosted. We can I, all I just, like, watch Ghosted together. I feel like, no, I feel like, I just feel like it's like a once in a life. Like, Ghosted seems so specifically bad. It, it does. In it, a way yeah, that, it feels like this is why, this is why we're here and we need to like. This is why this we is, were put on this earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bryce. yeah, I, I just, Fuck. I feel like we should watch Ghosted. Yeah, maybe. maybe I just don't right. want to get to my deathbed and be like, and be like, why didn't I ever watch Ghosted, Ghosted with Matt? Why have yeah. I not seen Ghosted? Yeah, I'm on yeah. Courtney's side. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll do a live watch of Ghosted then. But no, I don't have Apple TV. Sorry. Go buy one <laughs> Apple product. They'll give it to you. No, I know that, but I haven't bought anything in a while. They gave well, it to me get for some years. Or some shit. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening, and we will see you not next week, but the week after. Yeah, for a brand see you in a couple weeks. Watch Ghosted. <laughs> Bye. Everyone, watch Ghosted. I said hallelujah to the 16th.